You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about leonard cohen songs of love and hate in the room i have adam sarah ben and and john howdy songs of love and hate is a third studio album by canadian singer-songwriter leonard cohen released on march 19th 1971 through columbia records the producer was bob johnston and the genre is contemporary folk and i'll read from all music review mark deming Songs of Love and Hate is one of Leonard Cohen's most emotionally intense albums, which given the nature of Cohen's body of work is no small statement. While the title Songs of Love and Hate sums up the album's themes accurately enough, it's hardly as simple as the description might lead you to expect. In these eight songs, love encompasses the physical Last Year's Man, the emotional famous Blue Raincoat, and the spiritual Joan of Arc, and the contempt in songs like Dress Rehearsal Rag, and Avalanche is the sort of venom that can only come from someone who cared very deeply. The sound of the album is clean and uncluttered, and for the most part, the music stays out of the way of the lyrics, which dominate the songs. Thankfully, Cohen had grown noticeably as a singer since the first two albums, and if, if he hardly boasts the range of a rival Roy Orbison here, he is able to bring out the subtleties of Joan of Arc and famous Blue Raincoat in a way his previous work would have not led you to expect. And while Bob Johnson's production is spare, and it's spare with a purpose, letting Cohen's voice and guitar tell their stories and using other musicians for intelligent, emotional, resonant punctuation, Paul Buckmaster's unobtrusive string arrangements and the use of children's choruses are especially inspired. Songs of Love and Hate captured Cohen in one of his finest hours as a songwriter, and the best selections rank with the most satisfying work of his career. If Songs of Love and Hate isn't Cohen's best album, it comes close enough to be essential to anyone interested in his work. All right, what do we think of Songs of Love and Hate by Leonard Cohen? I'm, I was surprised to hear that last thing. I definitely don't think it's one of his best albums. Really? Really? Uh, I'm, I'm into it but, uh, all I, the way. I love Leonard Cohen. I think it's... Got some great songs. Like I think Avalanche is a amazing song. I think it's a strong album, but it feels really um, uh, at times just like he he seems so like angry or so in a in a space that I don't I don't know that it always works as well as some of his material. But interesting. I mean, I still think it's like better than most I, people I will ever like make it, an album. I mean, I feel like it's one of the pinnacles of his like early work. It's considered that way for sure. Yeah. Um, it's not. It's not mine. Do you feel but, like uh, the emotional content is sort of a spe- specific type of anger that was kind of I, I don't know. Like it's a weird way to say this, but 
when you watch older movies or you listen to some music from the late 60s, early 70s, there's a certain type of way that they express their anger that is indicative of that moment. Like He's the, very expressive vocally on this album. Like right. His performances can get really, like, aggressive. Right, he and pushes the rasp scathing. in, like, dress rehearsal rag. Mm-hmm. He's really, like, He had diamonds scathing. in the mind. Yeah, yeah, leaning into it. Yeah, he's also <laughs> vicious in that one. Oh, it's yeah. Real intense. <laughs> yeah. I never really listened to that one as carefully. Oh, yeah. Um, and when I did this time, I was impressed by yeah, how Yeah, my, my brother turned was. me on to that, and he was like, diamonds in the mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, kind of metal. Trent, it's kind of metal. Like, Trent. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. what I figured. Trent, yeah. What's up, Trent? <laughs> <laughs> it is a little metal, but it's also, I think, like, in the context of what, what I have grown to expect from a Leonard Cohen song, it felt like... It was surprising to me. Like, I, I had not heard some of those songs before, mm-hmm. and it felt like almost just a little over the top in a way that I wasn't ready for, just kind of melodramatic. And, yeah, and I was there with you. Yeah, Almost like yeah. out of control, and that can go, one, depending on the performance and also depending on the listener, uh, out of control can either be amazing or maybe not work for you. Yeah, like maybe in a live performance, I think that sort of thing can really translate to the crowd, but like... For me, listening to it in a record, I was, I w- it didn't grab me in a good way. Yeah, I, I feel like was, this is so sparse. Yeah, I thought it was almost goofy. Yeah. Like when he That's yells sort of how it came off to me. About yeah. Big Santa Claus or which part? No, just the, the, the delivery, not the actual context. Yeah, just diamonds in the mind. It, it, That's it, not the Santa Claus. It's almost like no, a Muppet yeah. delivery. In parts, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But see, so that, because that song is all... It's, like, deceptively shiny, though, right? It's sort of perky, and it doesn't fit until that, until he loses control like that. I feel like it doesn't fit into what the album means to me. Yeah. So I I like that it happens because it's subversive in a certain way. It's like he's making fun of this sort of happy folk thing that he is definitely not aiming at with this album. Like, I guess that I, I see that point totally. I think that type of song is never my favorite. Mm-hmm. You know, when That's they pull totally the rug fair. out from you. <laughs> yeah, when they're when it's like a little too maybe See what even I meta, did. like right. like yeah. Well, this is what they're doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the like I'm that. on the other side. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I love it. Maybe yeah. it's just because I've like, it's just unexpected. It's it's like when you listen to Leonard Cohen song, it's like I. I'm sure he he did it straight the first time, and then he's like, you know what? I'm going to make this like Let's weird, weird. perform yeah. yeah. like a performance, like yeah. angry, but it's not a true anger. It's like an affectation, sort of like when you hear it's like a subtle like. Uh, when you're talking to someone and you use certain emphasis to be like, I'm so happy to meet you. You know, like, it's like how he greets there's almost diamonds everyone. in the mind. You know, like. So you think he's being sarcastic? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, so there are diamonds in the mind? There are no diamonds in the mind. There are no diamonds. Can someone just tell me where the diamonds are? <laughs> I could use a few diamonds. Yeah, but there's like, there's some really good lyrics it's, in that. Like, uh, there's always that's the thing. Like, yeah, you can guess, count, yeah. you can hate a song, yeah, and you're gonna find that lyrics in there that are strong, you know. I mean, I think that's the thing about his work is that there's always something being offered. Anyone else feel that, like, the 
the melody and the feel of the chorus of Diamonds in the Mine was was a little dead flowersy. I could see that. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Sure. I mean, for the, the tracks, this was all recorded in Nashville, right? And yeah. it doesn't have sort of a Nashville sound or Nashville feel, except no. for maybe a little bit of Diamonds in the Mind has that, like, mm-hmm. a little bit of that, like, not exactly gospel pickup, but something that has a little more emotive, like, f- like not funk, but it has a little bit more speed to it than the others. It's a ditty. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a ditty. <laughs> yeah. I had never put together, too, Bob Johnston's the guy who, it, it, he's, uh, Ben, he's the guy, how does that grab you, Bob? Oh! Yeah, Oh, so he's we, the Johnny Cash uh, producer for yeah, uh, yeah the live prison albums. Oh, and he's producing oh. this album. Yep. Oh wow, he that grabs me well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> didn't um, Sarah? You were reading about the album. Didn't um, he have opinions about this album later, Leonard Cohen? I yeah. Well, I I read the Wikipedia page because I was just. I didn't know anything that's about what it. Welcome to the cool. club. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's a they uh, all respect. Did. <laughs> cool. He was uh, he was interviewed later on, I think, in like '73 about hey, how you know how do you feel about this album in retrospect? And he, well, previously I had read that he was in a very bad place when he made this record. He felt like everything was quote falling apart, falling away from him. Um, he was just having a really hard time, which I think comes across really strongly mm-hmm. um and when he was looking back on the record he said he felt that it was over overproduced overblown things like that but th- he also said when i'm being uncharitable to myself that's what i think about it mm. which is what the album's also about <laughs> yeah and i thought that was really i thought that was really interesting because it's like oh man of course you can pick apart any piece of art you've ever made yeah um but it is interesting to hear what he thought about it when he was picking it apart. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. that's kind of his mode with stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, he's constantly rewriting things over and over again. Yeah. Um, and I think I read the same, similar stuff where he, especially dress rehearsal rag, like, he hates mm-hmm. that. In, or he said he, he'll never re- perform it live. Yeah. Um, and that makes sense, because it's like a That'd be the naked suicide note. Like, mm-hmm. it's very intense. So I could see being like, ooh, why did I put that <laughs> on there? <laughs> it's a little intense, <laughs> right? That's but, art, baby. <laughs> but I mean, I love that. Like, I love it. So I, I thought know. you knew where all of the elephants lie down. I thought you were the crown prince of all the wheels in ivory town. Just take a look at your body now There's nothing much to save And a bitter voice in the mirror cries Hey Prince, you need a shave Now if you can manage to get your trembling fingers to behave Why don't you try unwrapping a stainless steel razor blade? That's right, it's come to this. Yes, it's come to this. Yeah, it's hard. I'm glad that he did it. (laughs) It's hard for me to kind of be objective with this sort of like. Just I I love Leonard Cohen, so it's really hard to step away and to to think about it. 
the only thing I could say is it's kind of a bit of a downer of an album. Uh-huh. Uh, That's kind of his thing. Uh, but, I mean, just a little. It's the most downer one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there are like times in my life where this is the only thing that understands me. This yeah. album over and over again, like ever since I first heard it, always comes back sometimes. So yeah, I I important. find myself <laughs> singing the songs that are on this album probably more than any of his other albums. I don't know. Hmm. But there's certain phrases that come come back to me just in my subconscious that are from this album. And maybe it's just because I've listened to it a lot, but um I just feel like there's a certain melody or a certain phrase that'll come to me from this from this. I also really do like uh Paul Buckmaster. He's the, the uh, orchestral arrangements because he puts just enough in there to kind of like have those moody moments, but it's not a big band. You know, he could have gone a little over the top. He could have done the Nelson Riddle sort of thing, but he chose chose just to be like right there in the background. And the mm-hmm. mix is really good too because you definitely hear guitars here, and the and the orchestra is like down here. Just mm-hmm. so, just so, and when those like cor- choruses come in, like the children chorus and. This stuff, it's be- it's always below. It's always like in the background, which I, I do find that production really good because they could try and cover his voice or something, but they leave it sparse, like right there in the front. So I noticed that he calls, or somebody decided that, that his band, quote unquote, is called The Army, which is kind of funny to me because it's so understated and so... I mean, you almost don't think of it as a band. It's Leonard Cohen, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of... Definitely feels like he's being backed up, like, 100 feet from the stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, that is a tame army. Yeah. <laughs> Very yeah. polite. Uh, <laughs> well, Canada, on, right? on these, <laughs> on these yeah. records. That's right. Yeah. They're on horses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only other criticism I think someone could could put on this is that the songs are a bit lengthy. I mean, they're like six-minute songs. Yeah, so if you go true. into one of the songs, you better be prepared to kind of experience the entire song. He does five, six verses all the time. And I always notice that when I'm listening to him because because I go and I look at the lyrics and you see how these songs obviously begin as prose. You know, you know, he's like he's writing or poetry, you know, and he's, he's writing something out and then he's fitting it to the song and the arrangement. It, it, at least it feels that way. But it's just so um, I think he's just got he creates a lot of content and it's amazing that when it's whittled down, there's still six strong lyrical verses. You know, yeah. I mean, it's pretty, you know, to use the same cadence six times and, and make it exciting. Um, that, that takes something. Yeah. Like, this isn't my favorite Leonard Cohen album, but my favorite Leonard Cohen songs on it. Uh, I really like Famous Blue Raincoat. Yeah. I, I know it's probably a yeah. popular pick, but I, I, I like that song a lot. Sometimes things are just good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it has that little, the little melody that was stolen later, or potentially stolen later, by uh, Schubert. Uh, well, yeah. That's the argument. Is that, yeah, the melody is, goes as far back as Schubert, but I think he still got settled out with whoever the uh, supposed or the the performer of um, "When I Need You." 
And I was like, I'm not going to sing it because I fucking suck at singing, but uh, is <laughs> it yeah, my yeah, do it. Come on. Yeah, do it. <laughs> it's like, like the melody when he says Jane came by with a lot yeah, of her hair. Yeah. It's, it's like exactly. that same like man, 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 man. Yeah. It's that, which I guess is also shooting. It, it, that yeah. <laughs> melody of that part of uh, Famous Blue Raincoat is like the entire melody of oh. a song that came out a few years later. Yeah. But hmm. apparently it was... Like Schubert or Chopin or or something. Well, right. they still won the suit, but yeah. 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 Uh, does anybody want to mention his playing on Avalanche and how like, like how flamenco awesome style it is? It's yeah. so awesome. Crazy. I uh, Leonard Cohen chop. Yeah. Chop. That's what it's called. Yeah. I uh, we we had covered that song of uh, Sarah and I uh, and a fan picked for us to do it and um and. We wanted to switch it up so that it wasn't just the same, like a low voice and a classical guitar. Um, so we did like a mixture of like a pizzicato and a bass part doing tapping to to simulate the uh, the classical. But I like sat down, not with a classical guitar, but with an acoustic, and was like trying to do the strumming pattern and sing it. And it's not easy. <laughs> it doesn't sound easy. Um, I don't. I did not give it enough time to know that I could actually get it there. But it's one of the harder uh, picking patterns that that I'm I've ever tried to play. Like, well, and then I thought I was like, "Hey, I got this. I can figure this out on the cello," and I figured it out. And I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm doing it. I'm nailing it." And then it went to the click, and it's just like, "Oh no 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 no!" Like it's it was so much faster. So much faster than yeah. I thought it was, and I just had to like. I was yeah, out. <laughs> I, feel the, I feel the same way too because you 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 hear the lyrics and everything, and you're like, oh yeah, I've you know it kind of goes with that. But then like when you actually sit down and I was concentrating it's on moving. it, it's like so fast. Yeah, it's so fast and it moves way more than it sounds like it does. Yeah, and it is very hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's like water. It's cool really to impressive. It's cool to notice that, and I think you could tell that it's hard, like from hearing it, because there's a, it's a lot. It's a lot of notes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a most notes wins uh, kind of guitar part. But it part. sounds like gentle and fit in. Like, yeah. yeah. So, it's so well done. It was just recently like, used in a trailer uh, for a movie about like a convict who learns to train horses. I noticed it was on the trailer for that. Hmm. And I was so surprised. Avalanche? Was yeah, Avalanche okay. specifically. Hmm. Kind of cool use. Yeah. Uh, I do kind of like his style for his album covers too. And this one is really interesting. It's just mm-hmm. got the big letters on the cover with just like a happy smile on his face it's a little bit different crazy smile yeah Yeah. i I just kind of like his like sparseness of his covers they they're very fitting for some reason the sort of black and white and they feel very like of the time too yeah they look like a gig poster yeah yeah totally oh one little thing I recently read an interesting article about a live performance that they did um in israel and like he basically just was not feeling it on stage and he just was like basically took a moment and went backstage to the band and apologized to the crowd said i just can't like i'm feeling all messed up and i I don't feel like i'm giving you the best show that you deserve and he went backstage and was just like so upset um and Somebody offered him some acid, so him and the band oh, were like, no. let's try it. Oh, my God. And this is a wild story. He said, let's try it. And anything to get us out of this funk. <laughs> and so they said, they sat back there for, like, a while, and the crowd just hung out there. And then they came back on stage after quite a while, 
And um, and he started speaking to them, and it's very lyrical and beautiful. His just stream of consciousness, and they they had continued performing, and it, it made it for them. And he realizes he's crying as he's singing and performing, and he looks back, and the entire band are just sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like it's just this like beautiful like they were back together. And he has this like very spiritual way of discussing it, yeah. but. You can look up the story. Uh, it was recently covered. It was like a recent. It was in the 70s. Like, oh, it was um, in the 70s. Yeah, okay. but um, but the story that makes more telling sense. basically somebody just about old man. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Somebody so just adventure. recently retold the story in the last like six months. Gotcha. Uh, in an article, and it's a good read, and it's just just hearing the way that he talks to the crowd, and, and how he's just a very poetic person. It's cool to see how it translates into these funny ways. Woman in blue, she's asking for revenge. The man in white, that's you, says he has no friends. The river's swollen up with rusty cans, and the trees are burning in your promised land. story about going to Leonard Cohen. Yeah, it's uh, a good one. We went in Chicago. I can't remember the name of that amphitheater. It was beautiful. very beautiful and very large. But I guess the like a couple stories were one. He was incredible. I mean, he was he was dressed to the nines, which he usually is in his later years. Got the fedora and the suit and everything, and his backing band was super tight. I mean, just players, awesome players. I sat next next to an old woman. And her son had bought her um, and uh, her husband, like, tickets because he said, you got to see Leonard Cohen, you know, uh, which also my brother did. He was like, I will pay anything for you to go see Leonard Cohen. He was like, I was like, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll buy the tickets. Like, but he was so adamant about, like, getting to go. Because he saw it and it was... He amazing. saw it and he yeah. was just like, this is the best thing, you know, ever. So go see it. Uh, but anyway, the woman next to me, she was like, yeah, I just don't know about his voice. He's not a very good singer. The, I wish he'd just let the band play some more. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, so sweet. <laughs> uh, and then I did meet Harold Ramis going to the bathroom. <laughs> At the concert. <laughs> and he was super nice. I don't usually, like, say anything to any famous people. I just don't want to bother them or whatever. But it looked... he It's old Harold Ramis, so I don't think anybody noticed him or, like, recognized. He's, he's, he's just been out of the scene for so long. And I was just, like... Directing yeah, a lot more. I just said hi and oh. thanks for the good movies. And he was like, oh, thank you. Uh, I'm just gonna look up if we get any more Cohen because if we don't, that'll that'll be a shame. But I guess it's uh, not unexpected. Nope, we get I'm your man. Mm-hmm. Nice. 
So we got yeah. four. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Four. I think All right. It deserves a lot. <laughs> yep. How do we feel about it? Who wants to go first? I'm gonna go positive on it. Uh, this is the first week I've listened to this album, and I feel like I'm still processing it. Yeah. Like there is three or four of the songs I knew going in, but most of it's new to me. And it, it hasn't just, like, reached out and grabbed me like some of his other stuff did. But I can I can tell it. it just it, it, I think it just takes more time. And I'm willing to give it the time. I'm going to give it a positive. Cool. This is my favorite Leonard Cohen, and I will love it till I die. Awesome. <laughs> so positive. So positive. Right. positive. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to give it a positive, but uh, I'm also going to say that there's a part of me that's like that old lady at the Chicago concert. Like, <laughs> you know, Leonard Cohen is a unique performer. It's not where he's pushing a huge vocal range. His playing is subdued. His lyrics are poetry. You know, they're not pop. So it's a little it's a little tough to like say which one's a banger, uh, but um, but that being <laughs> Big said, fan of bangers over here. <laughs> exactly. I, I like I like to have a banger every now and again, you know, I, preferably all the time. Yeah. Uh, but if I can't have a banger all the time, I will sit back and and, and appreciate the the beauty of what he's doing and, and that I can do. So it's a positive for me. Yeah, total positive for me. I mean, this is classic album this is one of my favorite Leonard Cohen albums I don't know if it's my favorite but it is definitely up there the sort of like just it's like so emotional I feel like I'm gonna cry right now just listening to like famous Blue Renko like I feel like that every time I listen to it which is doing something so sparse but emotional and then the sort of like phrasing that he does when he's talking about being in Joan of Arc's army and he he could so easily rhyme. There's certain you know uh, uh, lines where it's like, oh, he's going to rhyme this because it's obvious, and then he like just pulls away from that. And uh, yeah, just everything coming, I feel like comes together on this. It's before he gets too uh, deep into the like ladies' man sort of swagger of of the um, late seventies. And way before he gets into the jazz police uh, electronic, <laughs> although I do like that stuff. <laughs> That's the funny thing is like I love Everybody Knows and uh, The Future is one of my favorite albums. But this is like I feel like one of the he's just on the tipping point of that uh, inspirational uh, folk singer, but also bringing in some the string arrangements and sort of different things, but still keeping it sparse. I don't know. Love it. Positive for me, uh, I think, I, th- I just think his whole thing is so strong that it's, it just carries into every record. And, and this is a strong record. It's just, uh, uh, I think, like you're describing, his lyrical prowess. I, I love his voice. Um, it's not, you know, a trained, you know, big range, but... Um, it has emotion and care with the way it's delivered. Um, I think he's got uh, so much going for him. And, and I always like the band, too. I always like the arrangements. Uh, also just want to say, I think it's incredible that his last album, You, you Want It Darker, mm-hmm. like a year or two before he died, it came out. It's great. Like That's a great album. And just incredible achievement to have such a body of work over such a long life. Um, 
uh, that is strong and adventurous, and also fuck that manager who stole all his money. Yeah, yeah. that's why <laughs> yeah. we got to see him on tour, though, because yeah. he yeah. needed money again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, blessing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely positive for me. Um, I think I'm in a really similar boat with Ben is that I didn't know this record very well or at all. Um, some of the songs I knew and loved, but some of them are new to me and, you know, might take more listens to really become ingrained and for me to really identify and get them. But um, obviously overall positive (laughs) very powerful yeah cool all right next time we'll be talking about Joni Mitchell blue all right thanks y'all I'm glad you stood in my way if you ever come by here for Jane or for me will your enemy sleeping and his woman is free yes and thanks for the trouble you took from her eyes I thought it was there for good so I never tried Sincerely, Elkhorn.